This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. We have a full show this week. We'll start with a Team Canada WHL hero at the World Under-17 Challenge in PEI. That's coming up. There's a new head coach, but a familiar name in Victoria, James Patrick, takes over. The Remax presents Nickelodeon Nights for Children's Miracle Network is back for year two. Jane Hart with the WHL gives us a preview of what we can expect. And the first WHL Canada West Graduate of the Month for the season, former Seattle Thunderbird and Tri-City American Sam Huo. He has UBC out to a great start. He'll join us. And the Tempo WHL Player of the Week, Portland Winterhawks captain Gabe Clausen. He'll round out the show. First up. Schmidt to win it for Canada. Oh, backhander scores! Cameron Schmidt and Canada White win gold at the 2023 World Under-17 Hockey Challenge. Vancouver Giants forward Cameron Schmidt played overtime here as Team Canada White snatched a gold medal in a 2-1 thrilling victory over the United States to end the World U-17 Hockey Challenge. A deflection off a block shot in the Canadian end sent in the Prince George product on the breakaway where he coolly put the puck to his backhand and slid it underneath the outstretched pad of the Team USA goaltender. Schmidt had a great tournament, finished sixth in scoring with five goals in eight games. Meanwhile, Canadian alternate captain Captain Joby Baumuller of the branded Weed Kings scored the opening goal in the gold medal match in PEI. It's the first time a Canadian team has captured the U-17 title since 2015. Three other WHLers, Cole Temple of the Regina Pats, Blake Fiddler of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and Will Sharp of the Lethbridge Hurricanes also helped Team Canada lift the trophy. Meanwhile, Team Canada Red featured eight WHL players, finished fifth after dropping a 3-2 overtime nail-biter to Team Canada White in the semifinals. 22 teams, one goal. This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. James Patrick is back behind a WHL bench, named the head coach of the Victoria Royals in a shakeup last week. Patrick joins the club after six seasons with the Winnipeg Ice franchise. He's a product of Winnipeg and has a history of success in the league. He was named the WHL head coach of the year during the 21-22 season as he led that team to a 53-10-5 record and all the way to the conference finals. Patrick met with media after the announcement in the BC Capitol and was asked about getting back into coaching yeah it was um, the way or how last year ended um, with our franchise in Winnipeg it didn't force me I made the decision to st- step away from the game and and kind of uh, you know take a look uh, I loved the, the six years that I coached in the league I loved every moment of it but the last two years were really special you know we felt we really built something um, with the team, the team moving forward, um, you know, when we talk about some of the things, the culture, the identity, and how you want your players to behave. So we're real proud of, of that. And then, you know, it ended so suddenly and it was unexpected. And um, so for me, I just decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little time back, uh, time off and reflect. And um, I had a feeling, I, a strong feeling, that I would eventually get back to coaching. Um, there were some opportunities right away um, last summer, and I just, again, I just decided to take some time. And when when Jake asked me to come in as a development coach, I thought it'd be a, a good way for me to still be involved, still be close to the game. Um, I was watching all the games, 
you know, I was, you know, watching how the team was playing, getting to know, getting to know the players, getting a, a bit of a feel for the team. And then, uh, you know, more or less came about in the last week, you know, you know, Jake reached out to me and, and Joey did the next day and it wasn't expect. My plan was to, to take the year off on a personal side. It was, uh, it was the best thing for me in my life. And I was, uh, spending a lot of time in, in, in Dallas just, uh, for personal reasons. And then, um, a bit out of the blue, you know, when Jake said, you know, he, he had reasons and wanted to, you know, was looking at making a change and would I, you know, would I consider? And so I, I didn't have to be convinced, but I had to, you know, I had to think it out. I had to talk to my family. I had to, you know, decide, you know, you know, now might, might be the best time to get back in instead of waiting until till next summer. So how does he want his team to approach and play games? I mean, I do think you have to play to your strengths. I think we have some good speed up front. I'd like us to get into that mindset of playing a north-south game. I'm not big on bringing pucks back. I'm, I think uh, we look like a pretty good rush team. So I, you, you want to play a game quick. I mean, they, okay, every coach says I want the game played quick. But what does that mean? Well, then move the puck quick and get play north. Don't bring, bring pucks back. Don't slow down the game. So I'd like to bring more of that to the team. I'd like uh, us to spend more time in the, o- the opposition zone. That's your best defense is, is playing the, in the offensive zone. Patrick asked about the Royals' identity moving forward. You know what? It's, it's going to take time. I want players who every day they come to the rink, they're coming to get better. Players who compete in all ends of the ice, it's, it's compete. I think if you can ask uh, some of my former players, if you compete hard, you get to play a lot. And if you don't, uh, your ice gets taken away. But... Uh, you know, I want players to respect people in the community, um, be involved in the community, and I want players who respect their teammates and work for their teammates. So, you know, all that kind of will go to, uh, you know, to what I'm, what I'd like to see in our team. As for immediate changes for the hockey club, I certainly don't want players overthinking when they're on the ice. And if I try and totally change the the, the way you know they've been playing or bring in too many systems, it's probably not the best thing for immediate success. Um, we are going to start tweaking little things, and and I'll keep reminding them. So, I do want I want them to go out and play. I want them to play. I don't want them slowing down by analyzing and thinking too much. I'm going to be harping on puck management, and that would be no different than that's nothing different in the system. It's what you do when you do get the puck. I'm going to, you know, I want us to put pucks in in good good areas. I'm going to harp on our compete level, our two hand compete. Winning battles, holding on to pucks in the offensive zone, and then tracking back through the middle on, on our back check. Honestly, that's probably um, the simplest way to approach, approach the game without changing the systems. And, and the, over the next month, we'll dive into the systems a little more. James Patrick won his debut behind the Royals bench last Friday on home ice, 3-2 over the visiting Seattle Thunderbirds. You're listening to the WHL This Week, Radio Edition. Well, it's back, and there's already been one night of REMAX Presents Nickelodeon Nights for Children's Miracle Network in the WHL. That was in Lethbridge last weekend. And to tell us more about Season 2 of this initiative and uh, some of those jerseys we see, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, SpongeBob SquarePants, Paw Patrol, and Blue's Clues, we have Jane Hart, the Senior Manager, Marketing and Business Development for the WHL. Jane, thanks for being on WHL this week to shed some light on this. 
Thanks so much for having me, John. Happy to be here. Well, let's talk about it. Year two, so I'm assuming there was some success last year and a lot of dollars raised for uh, Children's Miracle Network. There was. We were super happy to see almost $160,000 raised for uh, Western Canadian Children's Hospital Foundation. So the uh, Children's Hospitals uh, in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba all saw some benefit from the game nights, which was incredible. Uh, We were really happy with year one of that initiative, raising that amount of money. And we're excited to make more for Children's Miracle Network as a whole this year. So, Yeah, that's great. And more uh, coming up in December. And then a lot of teams, the 16 Canadian-based teams, uh, do this again uh, in the new year here in in January and February. So uh, what can fans expect? this year. Jane, any changes uh, to those nights uh, ahead this season? I think we're going to see some pretty similar activations in venue with a couple additions, which we're super excited about. We have two clubs that are doing new themes this year. So last year we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, SpongeBob SquarePants, and Paw Patrol, as you had mentioned. We will see a Blues Clues game night in Swift Current this year, Hmm. and we'll see a Big Nate game night in Vancouver. So super excited to have the two extra themes this year and to see another variety on those jerseys. Yeah, uh, it was great. I thought, you know, fans, um, you know, some were kind of like, what's going on? But uh, they they warmed up to it, and you know, these jerseys were auctioned off and some teams went all out, like made sure their pants were and the socks were all alignment and all and all went together like uh, there was some effort here put together in this. Absolutely. I think our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle clubs kind of, they're the ones that go head to toe in the theme. I wish we could kind of do something with helmets <laughs> and skates too to even make it bigger, but clubs embraced it. I think fans embraced it last year too. It was the first league-wide campaign of its kind that we had done like that and it was amazing to see clubs take it to the next level with some of the activations with their jerseys it was it was awesome now uh remax is the title sponsor of this uh remax again uh getting involved this year they are, yes. So REMAX is our longest standing partner here at the Western Hockey League. They've been an incredible partner and uh, they have a very long standing partnership as well with Children's Miracle Network. So there was a natural fit when it came to the Nickelodeon theme to be added to it. And uh, we love to see REMAX coming back as a partner, obviously, and hosting these great game nights. And for those that don't know what the Children's Miracle Network is, Jane, what's that all about? So it's a wonderful charity that exists kind of worldwide, but we focus on the Canadian Children's Hospital Foundation. So those dollars that are raised, we try to keep them as local as possible with the local CMN Children's Hospital closest to each WHL market. And those funds are going to research, to going uh, to patient care, um, really all of those things that make any child stay at a Canadian Children's Hospital a little bit more comfortable. We saw last year, as you mentioned, uh, nearly $160,000 went towards this charity. Is there a goal in mind this year or maybe to top last year's first season of this? I think our goal is always to surpass the dollars raised the year before. Um, We've got some really great jerseys again this season, and uh, clubs are so creative with what they come up with working with the jersey provider. So we were uh, pretty impressed to not really see the same jersey, even though we had multiple clubs doing the same theme last year. And I think you'll see uh, a lot of new and exciting designs again this year. Lethbridge's jersey auction is open right now, um, and it looks like they've raised some great dollars so far with those. Uh, their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles jerseys. So, 
Thanks for bringing that up because after these jerseys are worn for these nights, uh, there's an auction partner, usually 32 auctions, uh, that then teams up and these jerseys become available. And it's a, and it's a bid process after that. It is, yeah. So you'll see some clubs that have kind of a maximum bid. So if your favorite player is wearing your favorite Nickelodeon theme, you can uh, pay top dollar to make sure that that jersey is yours. Or we'll see some leave it open. Um, Lots of our clubs do them online. So really anybody across Canada could access those if they're interested in some of the jerseys. A couple of them will be in venue as we see a classic jersey auction. But uh, yeah, there's lots of opportunity to get your hands on some of these Nickelodeon jerseys. We look forward to another uh, outrageous season here of this uh, with Remax Presents Nickelodeon Nights for Children's Miracle Network. Uh, Jane, thanks for uh, shedding more light on this, and uh, thanks for being a guest on WHL this week. Happy to be here. Thanks so much, John. From the drop of the puck to the Ed Chanel Cup, this is the WHL This Week Radio Edition. Former Seattle Thunderbirds and Tri-City Americans forward Sam Huo has picked up the very first of the season, the WHL Canada West Graduate of the Month for October. And what a start he's out to, and what a start for the team at UBC. He joins us here, part of WHL this week. Uh, Sam, first of all, I'm just going to go through some numbers here. Uh, Your team starts with a 10-game unbeaten streak to start the season. Uh, You score seven times. You add 11 assists for 18 points in 10 games. You are just a, a points machine uh, at UBC now in year number two. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it was definitely definitely a great start to the season for uh, for our team. Yeah, we uh, we got a lot of returning guys this year, so chemistry kind of just gelled right off the start, picking up from last year. So, yeah, definitely a great start that we were looking for. You know, I think when people think about, you know, uh, top programs in Canada West, they think of the University of Alberta or the U of C had a great run a couple of years back, and, and the U of S is always there. But UBC's right there. Like, you want to put yourself in that conversation. Yeah, definitely. Our goal um, every year now is making it to, to hopefully the Nationals. And, uh, yeah, when I was, when I was making my, my decision on what school to go to, um, UBC has been the program was kind of picking up a couple national uh, appearances, so that was a that was a big reason why I chose to come to UBC, which is where the program was going. You had one season to get your feet wet last year, but you dove right in, right, with 32 points in your first season at UBC. This year, you're out to a great start. Let's let's name drop uh, who else is uh, you know getting getting it done with uh, the Thunderbirds this season. Yeah, so uh, yeah, my line mates for sure, definitely. Uh, off to a great start as well. Uh, Liam Kendry and Sasha Mutala. Um, Liam was in Kelowna for most part of his career. And then uh, I played with Sasha in Tri-City for four years. So uh, we got put together at the end of last season and then just kind of had some good chemistry there, carried into this year. And then, uh, yeah, a couple of D-men that, were, that have been doing good are John, Jonathan Smart and uh, Jake Lee, who I played with in Seattle as well. So yeah, a lot of former Western League guys who definitely stepped up this year and off to a great start. Yeah, uh, that's great that you've played, you know, teammates in Seattle and Tri-City. I think it was that trade that really kick-started your WHL career. You think of the time you spent in Seattle, uh, and then you're off to Tri-City and and really blossomed, I think, in your last two years uh, in the WHL. From 2017 to 2022, you played 270 games in the league, which was hard to do with COVID right in the middle of things here. But when I talk about your WHL days, what are some of the first memories that come to mind? Sam? Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I started in Seattle, um, obviously good history of, of just winning in that in the Western Hockey League, so definitely picked up a lot of habits, um, learning how to play play a good good game um, 
in Seattle. And then, yeah, when I got to Tri-City, um, got a lot of opportunity, um, started playing with uh, Sasha there. And, uh, yeah, I just carried that chemistry over to here. But, um, yeah, I know really, really thankful for my time in the Western League. Let, allowed me to de- develop a lot as a player and um, continue on here at UBC. Your final season in, in 21-22. Take me through what that's like. You're a 20-year-old. You're trying to get a pro offer that is, you know, American League or higher, uh, but you're also weighing the options of school and maybe going after pro hockey, maybe after earning a degree. We've seen that here. Let's go back to that 20-year-old season and sort of weighing the options and what you decided to do there. Yeah, definitely the definitely the goal is trying to go pro hockey there, trying to get that American League dealer better, like you said. Um, yeah, we had a, definitely had a chance going with that season. Um, ended up going to... Columbus camp after my 20 year old season. Um, but then, yeah, I came back to UBC after that. And then, uh, yeah, my, yeah, my goal still is to go play pro hockey once I'm done, but, um, just with the schedule with UBC only playing two games every weekend, um, get a little bit more practice time. So lots of time to develop, um, work on different skills, which has been great. And, uh, yeah, it's still, still hoping for that goal in mind. Yeah, your second-year art student. Have you thought about uh, a career path that uh, you're you're chasing? Yeah, I just uh, actually just started this year in the business school, so um, in the Sutter School of Business here at UBC, and then we'll be declaring my major um, after this year. So, um, yeah, definitely pursuing something in business. Uh, not having declared my major yet, but thinking towards uh, finance. All right, well, still that pro hockey option here, especially if you keep on rolling like this as the uh, WHL Canada West graduate of the month for October. Uh, Sam, that WHL scholarship that you're riding right now, uh, how important has it been for you as you pursue post-secondary school? Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I mean, obviously, like many many players in the Western League, the goal is to go to play pro hockey, but having that having that backup of going to school and then still able to, to keep playing hockey and continue my development has been great. Um, Obviously, at school, it's it's pretty tough um, with our scheduling, just balancing school and hockey. And then that WHL scholarship kind of takes away that uh, that finance pressure. They take care of the schooling, so it's been a great great process so far. Um, really been able to focus on hockey and school, and yeah, really thankful that I had that to, to fall back on. Yeah, well, a five-year Western Hockey League graduate, uh, so taking full advantage of that scholarship here. Let's get back to on the ice here. What's the weekend here for you? Getting closer to Christmas break, but uh, just coming off reading week here, so uh, what's the schedule here ahead for the UBC Thunderbirds? Yeah, we have uh, we have University of Saskatchewan at home this weekend, and then um, next weekend we're going to play Calgary, so two really good teams kind of at the top of the standings that um, really important games for us. Um, so, yeah, really had that reading week was a good time for us to kind of get our bodies right. Just, just having that break, but obviously uh, still preparing for these big upcoming games that that'll be a good test for us. Oh, what a breakout start for you here this season uh, with UBC as the WHL Canada West graduate of the month for October. Sam continued success. Uh, great start to your season. And, and thanks for being such a great guest here on WHL this week. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The Western hockey league player of the week. Hey, what a week for Portland's Gabe Clausen to finish off a lengthy road trip. Nine points in just two games. Nick Merrick has more. A big week for the Winterhawks, a big week for you, Captain. Nine points in two games, four goals, five assists. Your line was simply on fire, getting it done in multiple situations. Five on five, shorthanded, on the power play. Uh, just what would you credit to your success in that end of the road trip there in BC? 
Yeah, I think like you said, it was the last couple of games of the road trip, so uh, we were we were obviously looking forward to getting home, but we knew we had a, l a little bit of business to take care of, and I thought we did a really good job of that. And uh, the whole team was clicking in those last couple of games and obviously got the results we wanted. I believe that was day 16, 17, and 18 on the road trip. So I, I'd ask how the legs are feeling, but I guess the point production says they were doing okay. Yeah, it's obviously a grind when you're on the road that long and switching hotels every every few days. So uh, you just try and get in the ice tub as often as you can and uh, and get some recovery in when, when possible. So uh, obviously it's tough to be on the road that long, but we did a good job and handled it well. First time we get to feature you on the uh, WHL radio show this season. Obviously you have yourself as in an overage year and two terrific 20-year-olds right alongside you who were just here a minute ago before we started this interview with James Stefan and Jack O'Brien. How is it knowing that you guys have been able to grow for the last four years and really have a chance to do something special here in your final year? Yeah, it's awesome getting to, obviously, the three of us have played all our five years here together in Portland, so it's it's pretty special to uh, to grow with each other and uh, and always uh, be able to, to come to the rink with each other every day and, and uh, have success together. So it's been it's been fun, and uh, we'll just try to keep going. It seems like the chemistry on the ice, too, just it speaks volumes. I mean, you can get it done in all situations. I know you guys are on the top power play unit together, but you and James Stefan have put together quite a one-two combo there on the team's penalty kill. I think top three in the league and shorthanded goals against. I think you guys had three in this last week. What do you credit to the success? How do you find each other getting so open there? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, – we, we killed a little bit together last year, but now we've got to a ton this year. So I think just getting to play with each other a little bit more. Obviously, we play five on five together, so it helps to know where each other are going to be and uh, and just uh, try and get open, I guess, and, and, and uh, go on offense if we can. Do you like to compliment each other anyway, especially you and James? Is he more of the shooter and you want to be the playmaker, or do you guys really don't care as long as you're, you're finding a way to score? Yeah, I think it doesn't really matter. Obviously, uh, this year it's been a little bit. I've been, I've been finding him, and he's obviously got a great NHL-level release, so he's, uh, he's been putting him in the back of the net. Gabe Clausen, your Tempo WHL Player of the Week. The team wrapped up its 18-day road trip, now finally getting some home games. But obviously we have to talk about that trip. It's a little different first trip there to Alberta since 2019. I know teams are kind of making that interdivisional trips this year. Uh, just what was that experience like to go back to those rinks, NHL Barnes again, and obviously picked up a couple wins, points in the last five coming back here to Portland? Yeah, it was a, it was a good road trip for us. I think it started off a little bit slow, uh, but I think – uh, sometimes when you're on the bus for that long, it's uh, it's going to take a little bit to get it, to get your legs back. So I thought we did a really good job bouncing back after those, that first weekend there, and uh, and really followed it up and and uh, had a strong finish, like you said. Maybe one of the understated parts of junior hockey is spending so much time in hotels and being on the road and experiencing different cities and, and different downtown lives or wherever you might end up. I know the team started in Canmore. They got to go to Sun Peaks there for a couple yeah. of days. What, what was kind of the trip like from, you know, away from the rink? Was it enjoyable to at least get some different locations maybe checked off? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and when you're traveling with your best friends, it, it makes it a lot better. So you get to, like you said, we got to go to Canmore, see the mountains a bit, and even in Sun Peaks, uh, nice ski hill there. We didn't get to do any skiing, obviously, but uh, but we we got to hang around and uh, and check out the downtowns, like you said, and uh, it was a lot of fun hanging out with the guys. Couple good hikes. I don't know how many off days yeah. there maybe were there, but do you, do you take advantage of that when you can? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We we did have a couple off days, and like you said, a good hike there in Camor uh, before the trip got going. Got to see some a nice lake and some mountains and stuff, and it, it was good. A little change of scenery for the guys. Now coming back to Portland, the team hosted a big event it's kind of the kickoff of the holiday season i bring this up because on friday night it's actually the first teddy bear toss game in the western hockey league a big community event you just took place this week it's the annual shop with the hawk event thanks to the portland winter hawks booster club they actually raised over three thousand dollars 
all the Winterhawks players got to pair up with a local elementary school. Was that a fun event to be able to kind of give back to the Portland community and, and just see what third, fourth, and fifth graders kind of want to buy and yeah. get them some toys? Yeah, 100%. It's always a special event for us uh, to get to go out there and uh, and help these kids out. And, uh, and it's awesome to see the smiles on their faces and see how much excitement there is uh, walking around the store. So it's a lot of fun for them, obviously, but uh, we enjoy it too. I think then that was your fifth year of doing yeah. it. What, what was your favorite toy that you're a student was able to pick out yesterday uh, I don't know we got like a set of uh, like nerf balls or like a football and basketball so we were throwing around the store and uh, and that was pretty fun for us love that uh, and in lieu of the Tabor toss season starting this weekend is that the most exciting game for the players to maybe partake in yeah I think it's definitely definitely top one or two uh, when, you, when you get a crowd like that and and the first goal there's so much excitement around it uh, it's a pretty special moment Gabe appreciate the time best of luck as well back here in Portland and congratulations on being named the WHL player thank you John, back to you. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to our guests and thanks to Marlon Martins in Victoria and Nick Merrick in Portland for their help. Thanks, fellas. I'm John Keane. Have a great week.